It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast which, like Rangers, did most of its best work a few weeks ago. This week on Heart and Hand, this has been a hell of a hangover. Welcome to Heart and Hand Ninja Podcast. My name is David Edgar. I'm your host, and I'm joined this week back after a few weeks hiatus. It's uh, the man you've all grown to not really bother about too much. It's Scott Vandenacker. Hey, hey, I'm back, folks. <laughs> Bet you missed me. Um, not so much, no. Um, the feedback to the last two pods has been been overwhelmingly positive and lots of it. But last week in particular, um, people saying it was the best one we ever did, and you weren't on it. Well, <laughs> ta-ha, but I've got loads and loads of really funny stories this week. I, I know, but I'm just saying that then if the volume of mail we get is less than what we had, and let's be honest, it wasn't that I brought in ringers, it was Cammy, and it was Mark, and it was Stephen, right? I mean, it wasn't like, a, you know... Um, yeah, but you haven't placed this in context at all. No, I haven't, and nor am I going to. Um, what it is, is, Scott, is that basically... You know, you are um, a big dick and you have to now prove yourself worthy of being my sidekick. Well, I'll tell you one thing, though. They don't always answer the phone. I do. That is true, actually. I'll say that for you. I mean, you, what you lack in talent, you more than make up for in availability. I'm, I'm very desperate. You know, you're the Dean Shields of the pod. I am. I'm desperate to get a game. Yeah, there's, there's not... We can quibble about ability, but see what you like with Scott. He's always here, first on the training ground and last off when it comes yes. to podding. Okay, um, after the highs of the previous few weeks, we um, have had a, a bad week, let's be honest. I mean, we, we're as raggy as a woman in a body format. Um, started off with a 3-2 defeat at Hibs, which... We looked sluggish. I suspected that would happen. I said to you it would happen. I tweeted it before the match that I just thought that we would... And, they, you know, they did. They looked still drunk. 
Okay, understandable, not acceptable, but understandable. On to the title party match against Aloha. Pretty much the same thing. And I, again, half suspected it could be like that. What with, you know, it was basically let's just get this shite out of the way and get to the party from fans and from players. You could see that. Warning signs though, starting with the Livingston game. A really poor performance on the back of another two. Look, if this was a normal end of the season where we were just running it down, I would be, it doesn't matter. But we do have a rather big game coming up in a couple of weeks. Well, the thing about it is, David, I'm going to have to give this section an actual name. Because I, I was thinking about it earlier. And we've been talking about you know our form and about what might be to blame. But then I realised that what always happens in the pod, right, mm-hmm. is we'll talk about this and you say, yes, Scott, you can maybe go. And then when I do bring that up, you then come and go, huh, I disagree. And I've written a dossier telling you why you're wrong. So what I've decided this bit's called is, David, mate, you set up a fucking false opposition. Right, right? go on. This is where you destroy me after telling me to go on and mention the thing I wanted to mention. And then you pretend you're going along with it. Yeah, no, I'm not having that, right, that, that you just suddenly come on and suggest it. When it comes to Rangers' performances, you are a big, big fanny. You come on and you every week, or texting every day, you're like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Oh, I knew he was shy. Everything. And then we come on the pod and you say, oh, I think we're going to get beat. He's shy. And I say, no, we're not. And we don't. It's not that simple. It pretty much is. It's not. It really well, is. Okay, it is, right. <laughs> anyway, so you set up a fucking false opposition. So, folks, this is a lot of stuff that David and I had agreed on until I say it now. And then he's going to say, this is why you're wrong, Scott. So listen for that moment. Have okay? you ever wondered why I'm more popular than you? <laughs> There's a reason why you're pod overlord. <laughs> exactly. And I'm a minion. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's been looking for a while, maybe not just the last few games, but we are becoming a, a squad that... There's two things. First, we're a squad that raises its game. The best performances we've had since the turn... Of, well, around the turn of the year were Hibs at home, mm-hmm. which we had to win and we destroyed them. Kilmarnock away in the Cup, mm-hmm. Dundee in the Cup, and uh, <clears throat> in the Cup. Yeah. By far and away. The four biggest games, we played really well. Some of the other games, which should maybe be considered the bread and butter, hmm. And people forget, it's not just since the Celtic game, even just, like, there was a spell up to, up to Christmas. There was a spell maybe March, April. Even things like, off the top of my head, the Morton game. Morton are the best team in the world, but they scored and cut us open a few times. And in fact, if they had anyone that could have was considered top class, they'd have scored more than they did. And we've been conceding chances and being sloppy and misplacing passes. So we've become big game hunters. Is that a problem? Maybe not. We'll talk about this. Is that a problem when you've got a cup final coming up if you raise your game? Maybe not. No, because, well, I know what you mean, but I think any team has to dig out results when they're not playing well to win a title. Um, we're just seeing it with Leicester City. You know, they, they had that run of five or six games where they got their 1 0. Yep. So, I mean, we did. Let's face it, we didn't lose a lot of these games. That, that, that's the thing. We were picking up points, and you look at Hibs, and one thing that's gone right up my arse sideways is people saying, well, you know, Hibs' collapse has. Uh, has caused us to canter to the league and it's it's papered over the cracks of our own form. No, Hibs' collapse would have meant hee-haw if we hadn't been picking up the points when they were doing it. That was why. That was what increased the pressure on them. They would play badly and lose. We would play badly and win. And that increased the pressure on them. So that, that, I think, is a nonsense. I agree with your point that we do raise our games and so far have managed to do so every time it's really mattered. The last three matches, maybe not the Hibs, but as I say, that was the most excusable of the three 
but they were pretty much bounce games. The St Mirren game on Sunday is pretty much a bounce game. However, we so far have delivered in all the matches we've had to deliver in. Now, that means it's come down to if we do this against Hibs, fine, the last three games, four games, whatever, will be forgotten. If we don't, then people, I think, will say you down tools and couldn't pick them back up. Yep. I think there's a risk that people remember the season, which they shouldn't do, but it, it could. I mean, my worry sometimes as well is though that people still pay to these games. There's an element sometimes on Mark's website, it's almost like a comedy into the season. You know, we may as well be playing in like, uh, you know, sort of end, end of end of this pier, sort of panto costumes, but people paying money to travel to these games. It's not that funny to see a lack of effort, which has been from some players, not everybody, not everybody. No, no, I agree, I agree. Some players are pissing about going through the motions. People are still paying 20 odd quid plus travel to watch these games. I think they expect to arrange as a living, giving it all, which brings me on to my next point, and I see if you agree, I'm not sure, is that what we've seen recently, especially around the cup final and after, is when the magic hat tries to juggle the squad the drop-off in quality from what we would consider the first team to the squad is actually pretty big. Yeah, it is. He's finding it hard to recreate the type of football we play with four or five changes. And there's no way around that. No. And I suppose, I suppose there's not many teams, even Barcelona or, you know, Bayern, teams have got a system. Mm. Even they'd find it hard changing half the team. Yeah. And the guys that come in just aren't cutting the mustard. All of them, in fact, you could accept perhaps maybe Shields. All of them have been crap, frankly. I think Shields, as a sub, does all right. Um, yeah. You and I have, have talked about this before. I think Shields is a 5 out of 10 player when he starts, and that's all you can get from him because it's all he can give you. It's not his fault. Um, it's the Nicky Clark thing. You, you can't expect performances from someone who can't deliver them. It's, it's unfair to do so. Um, I think that in terms of guys, as you say, going out the team... Wycon was a huge loss and we sort of got away with it because Forrester stepped up and and he took that mantle on. Now, when he's dropped out of the side, that's really left just Mackay um, and, and to a lesser extent Miller as your main creative outlets and we've struggled because we're without two of our, our best attackers. The guys who have... You know, come in the likes of Billy King, who, listen, great goal against Falkirk, and we're grateful for that because it was a pivotal goal for us. But I don't see anything that suggests he's better than what we already have, or more importantly, is better than what we could get for a similar a similar outlay. I don't think you have to spend millions to get better than him, so I would send him back to Hearts. And the other one is your personal favourite, Michael Halloran. Now, I'm all for giving guys time to settle in. Just now the alarm bells are starting to ring a little bit because I expected a bit more from him by this stage. Um, he looks overawed, he looks confused, he looks so he doesn't really understand what the, the team style of play is. And I know it can't be easy coming in and out of the side. And I'm not judging him before people go, you've got to give him time. I'm giving him time. If we're having this conversation at Christmas, then it'll be time to be harsh. But at the moment, it would have been nice to have a few more, shall we say... Mm. signs of life there I don't at the moment think we've seen much from him in, in the admittedly rare opportunities that he's had yeah and, and your favourite now from my favourite one to yours of course the number nine leading the line that stalwart Nicky Clark mm. Mm. God bless him I mean 
Listen, I felt so sorry for him on Saturday because you know he got his start and and he got subbed and and he didn't get subbed because to give him a sand ovation he got subbed because he was playing badly and we needed a yeah. goal and I just think that as I say it's like Nicky Clark Dean Shields you know even to a degree Nicky Law um, it you have to kind of temper your frustration with the fact they do that they do they're doing what they can I mean these are not high level footballers unfortunately and there comes a point where you maybe have to think that maybe. The, the Magic Hat has coached as much as you could get out of this side. I mean, we've scored 125 goals this yeah. season, which is incredible. Uh, we haven't conceded up until about five weeks ago. We hadn't conceded that many. Um, now we're, you know, a leaky boat. But for most of the season, although we've all had concerns about defence, they've, they've been all right. And the football we've played has at times been excellent. And even when we've not been playing well, the ambition was still a lot better than any of the turgid shite we'd had to watch before. However, I do wonder if it's a case that Mark Warburton, with a sprinkling of really talented players, has really wrung every last ounce out of this squad. And I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we win the Scottish Cup, then it's been a dream season. That's as simple as that. If he and wins the Scottish Cup um, and the league and the Petrofac, with that squad, it'll be an incredible season. One of the finest, yeah. to, you know, I'll remember. I mean, I think... There are some warning signs, and we'll obviously we'll cover this in May. Now's not the time. Um, but obviously, the six games we played away to Hibs, Falkirk and Wraith, who were second, third and fourth, mm. and we won one of the six games. And we ended up conceding something like 40, 14 goals. Not good. But then what we did, as you said, what was important was we won our home games. We won when Hibs lost. And that we spell Hibs lost four games in a row. And I think we won that. We won we them, won them all, yeah. We picked up 12 points when they got none. Crucial times of the season, we stepped in the gas. You can't ask for much more. But as you say, there's no room for manoeuvre now. We haven't got that many talented players. We haven't got much in the bench. And in fact, in the Cup semi, we had nobody in the bench. Turns out we couldn't fill the bench. He's worked wonders. It has been an amazing season. But we need to strengthen. We need more quality and more of it, definitely. I don't see the point in worrying too much about the Cup final yet. And I also don't think that current form is that much to do with it because there's a three-week break. As simple as that, because there's a three-week break. If we're we're banging in five goals in each of these games, it wouldn't really matter because there's a three-week break. Also, Hibs could technically be playing on a Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, I I just think that we'll uh, we'll be ready for it. And I think it'll come down to what we do in the day. That's not to say I think we're guaranteed to win it. It's just that I think that it will come down to what happens in the day. The I don't think the break's a bad thing for us, to be honest, because I think they do look tired, the players, and I think that being able to give them a few days off, go and get some stuff back in your legs, and then structure the training to peak on that day, which is something that the gaffer definitely is, is talented enough and meticulous enough to do, then I think that, that we'll be all right on the day, and I think it'll come down to how we perform. They'll go out there as fit and ready, Put it like that. I mean, we don't have any of the worries that we that we would nope. previously have. It even looks like perhaps uh, I say Waghorn will play, so it looks like a full apart from Forrester, a full squad. I'd also say that it's not the gaffer's fault in the slightest. I'll to give you one example before we move on. See uh, Kenny Miller. Yes. I don't think the gaffer would have wanted him to play as many minutes as he has. No, probably not. I think he's one he'd like to, but there's no one as you see. There's, there's nothing there. Mm. Well, Miller drops out. Miller's form has been. The bonus of all bonuses to get what we've got from him at 36 years of age and considering the season he had last year, I mean, it wasn't like he was younger last season and awful. I know what you mean, yeah, exactly. And everyone this season thought, Oh my god, and he's been really good. Him and Mackay, and see when they don't play, or Barry's off, Mackay's off form. Like you were saying, you watched the Hibs game, I didn't actually catch it all. He scored a great goal, but you're saying he'd one of his nights. 
And seeing Barry Mackay is one of his nights, it is a creative desert. Mm. And I'm sure the, the manager knows all of this. But Miller will be fit, and he's the kind of guy you need to see in the cup final. Hibs will be given at the old, or Rangers haven't played competitive games. And we see guys like Kenny Miller and Lee Wallace. These are the guys who they know what it's all about. They've been over the course before, and they will be the ones who will be utterly, they will know how important a cup final is. They will not let anyone sit on their laurels that day. No. And I'm quite confident. No. I, I think cup final will take care of itself. I wish we'd better form, as you've been saying. Going into it, getting pumped is not good. But it probably will have absolutely no bearing. I don't think it'll be related. No, I don't think so either. Okay, doke. Well, that's uh, section one. A little bit less uh, GRUY than last week's was, but um, for obvious reasons. What it does mean, though, is having Scott back means that, yes, we can go to everyone's favourite section, the Sporting Integrity Award. The Sporting Integrity Award is when we look around the world of sport and see who has caused the biggest cock end to be raised in the past seven days. Yes, you know what we're looking for. Arseholes, idiots, fools, SFA officials, people in Scottish football, the usual sort of thing. Scott. Yes. Fire up your filthy cannon and lobbers with your sporty custard. I shall. Like Naim, I intend to lob him in for 50 yards. <laughs> Um, there's uh, a that's third, one for the kids, eh? Yeah, one for the kids, yeah. Google, they've all got Google these Yeah, but days, 1994 eh? to you and me is like 20 minutes ago, but in real, real life... That's what's getting, getting worrying. Yeah. See, see things like films that we like and music that we like? Yeah. See, now when they come on TV or on the radio, it's always in a nostalgia section. Oh, absolutely. I used to, I mean, to me, old football's things like, you know, Beckenbauer and, you know, Muller and Mario Kempes and yeah. Pelly. But to, to most people listening to this old football will be like, Gaza, Brian Loudrop. I know. This is sick. There's guys on Mark's website, it's like, can you remember nine in a row? Like, yeah, yeah, it was just last season, yeah, wasn't it? Was it? The other week, yeah, ten minutes ago. I'm pretty sure I've still got dirt in my shoes from Tanadise. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't remember it yourself, mate. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, so, I've got so many, David, okay? Okay. But I must start with um, the brilliantly named t- uh, Dr. Patrick Efianye Uba. Okay. Okay. Who owns a team now? Guess what he called his team? Doctor Patrick Ifania Umo's team. Yes, FC Ifania Uba. But see that the reason I knew that is that I would do exactly the same. Yes. You would do, wouldn't you? Yeah. You would. You would be a supporter of FC David Edgar. In fact, yes. you'd, you'd probably be a supporter of FC David Edgar as a massive cock. Yes, <laughs> he's been banned for ten games. Dude. Why? In Nigeria, he's because just my type of lad, frankly. He, he invaded the pitch with his bodyguards to attack and punch Heartland FC's goalkeeper, who's John Obi Mikel's brother, I think. Well, I mean, straight away there's a provocation. And secondly, we're only getting one side of the story here. We don't know what happened. Well, um, we do, because on video he runs on the pitch and attacks him. Aha, yeah. Ah, right. Um, but that, you're taking it completely out of context. That, that's true. We don't know what we were seeing there. Yeah, you don't know what went on. So, Heartland FC condemned the barbaric owner and his urchins. Nancy's. Nancy. The league officials have ordered Uber to be a good ambassador from now on. Well, frankly, I think he's been a magnificent ambassador to kick to kick things off. Um, never mind have to alter his behaviour. That's the problem when, when you're like me, a sort of, you know, sociopathic visionary, mm. is that other people just don't get it. I know. I mean, as I said that story, I said, would David run on to attack someone who dared to say it? Yeah, he would. Yeah, especially bodyguards. I wouldn't do it on my own. Oh, no, no. You'd be 
right behind them though yeah I'd, I'd be pointing who I wanted them to hit yes. or I would be getting three of them to hold the guy and then the rest of them to form a protective circle around me while I battered them yeah with absolutely no comeback no 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 <laughs> that, that's how I like my fights so oh there's so many to, today though let's go to this Romania okay hey. I've got two from Romania um, Botosani owner Valerio Iftimi has rehired coach Leo Grosvu seven months after sa- sacking him when the coach pledged to beat and kill his cretinous devil's arsehole players mid-match. He sacked him for that? Yes. That guy wouldn't have lasted long with us in last season's championship, would he? <laughs> Definitely not. So he rehired the coach saying, yes, he's returning despite what he said. Do you know what I believe in? I believe he's got the ability to motivate. I would think so as well. I mean, anybody that threatened to beat the shit out of me would certainly, yeah. I mean, I, I might not love him, but I would certainly respect him. Wait, is that in the morning? Yes. Yeah. Um, now, staying in Romania, Stoya Bucharest director, Mihai Stoika, is back in the game after being released on parole. You remember he was jailed for money laundering, along with a few other officials and ex-players of Stoya. Yes. Um, he's now come out of jail, turned over a new leaf that lasted about five minutes. Ah. He accused Astra coach Marius Sumudika, I think he used to be a good player, I think he was a Romanian player, Sumudika, of being born unlikable and dressing in the dark. I think that's fairly harmless accusations. Sumudika responded, It's true, I don't look good. I'm not fashionable, I carry a little weight. But at least I don't wear striped shirts all day. Black and white striped shirts, eh? Know what I mean? Uh, that's not a bad comeback. Yes. Anyway, I'm glad we entered in such a war. I like to make war. War begins, Stoika loses. You know, to be honest, if there's one club's officials in the whole of the world that I wouldn't fuck with, it's Stoya Bucharest's. I think so. I mean, I'm pretty sure that somehow they actually own uh, Astra as well. Yeah, the, or the Mafia. Or the Mafia. Now, we've got, um, we'll go to Italy briefly before we finish on some love. Okay. Love and lust news, okay? First of all, G- Giovanni Trapattoni um, in Italy was criticised for his constant profanity during a live TV co-commentary. Right. Apparently he was getting overexcited. His comment, blah, blah, blah. Don't give a shit about them. There's just opinions. Opinions like ball bags. Each has got his own. Oh, Trap- yeah. Yep. Trapattoni set out his TV career in 2013 saying to people who asked him if he could do it, I'm not stupid. I can speak. Therefore, television, football should be easy. Well, it does sound a bit more interesting than Michael Owen. But then again, you and I doing it lavatory would be more interesting than Michael Owen. Yeah, I, this is the problem. I, I would say in the UK that it has got better post-Neville, right? I mean, it really has. And looking back, getting rid of Keys and Gray was the best thing, you know, in their, their full chumminess. And the, you know, I mean, I love Andy Gray as a, the player and everything, but see all that. Oh, there's there's Waza knocked it and JT comes in, oh, piss off, right? Yeah. Um, and it has got better. You don't have quite the kind of same level of just comfy idiocy that you used to have. Uh, and they're, they're trying new people, some of whom work. I personally think that um, the the uncouth summary genius that is Danny Murphy is the closest that we've had to Big Ron since he went. Uh, yeah. Evinced in the, the cup match on Saturday by his use of the term diags. Do you know what he was going for? Diagonals. Diagonals. But he shortened it, thus saving two syllables. Well, yes, Scouse. Yeah. yeah. Thus saving two syllables. 
couple of diags there would get over the top. Just, that's what you want. You want somebody who makes up his own language. Then you get the ones that are actually reasonably intelligent. You know, I think Jermaine Genus um, knows yeah. what he's talking about. And there's a lot of the younger guys who have obviously played in a, an era where the, there was more coaching and more involvement in tactics so that they can offer you that. I mean, a lot of the, the old... Matt Lawrenson being a case in point. That You know, he was a talented footballer who was naturally good at football, who played in a team who were, you know, basically coached doing five-a-sides, and it wasn't all tactical drills and you need to do this and that. You know, they, they played a lot by being, you are good players, go out and play well. Yeah. So it, it's unfair, I think, to always pull them up and tie them. But for every one of these new breed that are coming through, you have a Robbie Savage. Robbie Savage is like a boil on the base of the erection that is football. He's a man who will change his opinion three or four times in the course of one commentary. He's a man who doesn't think that it matters what you say so long as you say it loudly and often. Yes. And I have no idea what the media love in with him is. I hate that show Fletch and Sav for several reasons, but one in particular was that anyone at BT thought that Robbie, Fletch, eh, Robbie Savage and that other dick were popular enough in the British culture, cultural lexicon, to be called Fletch and Sav, right? Yeah. Saint and Greavesy, that's okay. That's who they were. That's what they were called. Fletch and Sav should really be called that cunt savage and that wee dick he hangs about with. That should be the name of the show. That cunt savage and that wee dick he hangs about with. Yep. And then you've got the two... The two ex-Liverpool players who cover both extremes, don't they? There's Michael Owen and, oh, look, I've seen the most incredible goal in the world. Mm. It's the best goal there's ever been. He, oh, well. He had a belter last week, and I think I tweeted it, so apologies to people who saw this. Um, but there was a free kick, and it hit the wall, and he went, that's exactly what the wall's there for. And you're like, thanks for that, Michael, because it's always puzzled me. Mm-hmm. Right up to this point, why they kept it? I actually thought the players were just hanging about there. They all just gathered together for maybe yeah. a quick game of cards. It's searing insight. But the other extreme, of course, this is um, I think former teammate Steve McManaman, man, 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 mm. who, who, let's face it, David, he gets excited, doesn't he? About everything, about everything. And so it will cut to him saying, "What about the chance we do through the first half? That free header." <laughs> Sorry. He might not actually be excited. I, th- I just think that there is, you know, the, in broad Scouse language, it's very difficult to not sound as though someone has just, you know, put their finger on your spider. Yeah, he does sound like a getaway car. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. And it's, it's a little cut, you know, back to the studio now. Steve, what do you think about it? And you're like, are you upset or are you pleased? Or are you? And then the other one, by the way, I've got to say, Owen fucking Hargreaves. He is never anything other than monotonous. He wasn't. He wasn't born right. He was created by a three D printer. Yes. Right. Because he just arrived. Remember, it was like just all of a sudden there was this guy playing for Bayern Munich. Where the hell did he come from? Oh, he's yep. Canadian. No, it's because he's got no backstory. So they confused us. He went, oh, he's English parents and he comes from Canada. Bollocks! He was made in a lab. He doesn't exist. He was. I'm telling just you. Like... See when the machine dries up, that bastard will be on the other side. Absolutely, and he's also he just delivers that kind of monotonous. I don't know, but I'm going to say opinions about things. Yes, yeah. it's like almost as if they're trying out a robot co-commentator. To I see think how that's it what they're doing. They think, yeah, that we've printed up this robot co-commentator, and if you like it, it's cheaper. Yeah, it's cheaper. We we don't need to feed it. 
Um, yeah. And what we can do is to, to just have it sitting there and it can regurgitate opinions. And to be fair, I'd rather it was that than Robbie Savage if that was what was offered. Correct. But, you know, I'd still prefer that they got actual humans who say things like diags. Diags. To be honest, football's never been the same. And I, you know my opinion, football's getting worse and worse every season, David. Yes. But a lot of that is because people aren't putting it to the front stick to give it the eyebrows. Big Ron made any game Big. he watched better. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I remember I remember all these years later, games that didn't involve Rangers, I still remember them because of Big Ron's commentary. My favourite one being, well, there's so many, there's, you know, he's given them the lollipops. That's yeah, he's lollipops. He's yeah. gone down there like Buddy Holly. Yeah. Right, for a dive. That's that's just super. And of course, your favourite of all time, Yorkie's trick. Yorkie's trick. Oh man, I, I sat that entire Champions League run. Do your trick, Yorkie. Do your trick. Eventually, Yorkie. You kept you were saying to me, what is it? What can it be? I can't wait to see Yorkie's trick. <laughs> I thought it would be like something like he would flick the ball up over his head, then spin and volley it, and then catch his own header. But no, what it was was a drag back. No, it's, <laughs> I, was, it's, I waited it's, two like, years. It's everyone's trick, isn't it? It's, a, it's not a trick, it's a fucking drag back. <laughs> but I, I took pleasure though when I did see it by Ron. Ron just ejaculated right there. Yeah. And the thing is, he always put them with, uh, like like um, like uh, Danny Murphy, he was very uncouth. And they always put him with Brian Moore, who was just this sort of like older world gentleman type. And you just knew that he referred to him as Ronald. I, and then when Yorkie did his trick, I thought, you've just spunked over Brian Moore's large head. Yes, because of Yorkie's trick. Because of Yorkie's trick. Um, we're ending on a couple of, uh, of love. Love, love, David, perhaps love, perhaps lust. You decide, OK? What the world needs now, Scott? Is love, love, love. And in Argentina, we have a, 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 a almost tragic story, but I swear that can happen these days, David. It, it can happen. Hmm. Racing Club... Their player, Carlos Discoteca Nunez. Hold on. Back yes. up there a minute. Carlos Discoteca Nunez. Yeah, I think it's inverted commas, the middle bit. A nickname, if you will, David. I've always wondered about that. Like, you know, inverted commas. Because, mm. like, you know, it, it totally defines the person, doesn't it? Like, now I've got an image in my head of this guy. I don't, I don't know anything about him. But, yes, you do. He's got a moustache. But, but, but like, where do you go? Do you go, like, you know, for instance, Mark Spunk Almond? Yes, um, not or Mark Two Pints Almond. Yeah, and it's like, you, what do you, what do you do? You can put anything in those inverted commas and, and it'll define the person, like Billy Carpark McNeil. Yes, exactly. Or just Alan Stubbs. Well, yeah, I don't think he's deserved anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he revealed Carlos Discoteca Nunez Revealed he's so sorry. I have so many regrets after dating a high-profile model behind the back of his pregnant 16-year-old fiance. There's something wrong here, isn't there? It's not good. He's, he says, it was just a blip. I had a clouded mind. It's something that happens, it seems, especially to us football players. But you know me, I'm a family man. Well, that's, that's fair enough. That's fair Is enough. he a family man, though, if his nickname's Discoteca? Well, uh, maybe it's... Doesn't mean the same in Argentina. Or maybe his family owned a, a, a chain of discotheques. Chain of discotheques. Yeah. <laughs> like Bernard Turkey Matthews. Exactly. You, know, you, you don't know. We're, we're jumping to conclusions on, on, on this chap. Um, well, pregnant 16 year olds about Game of Thrones. As Or about Dundee Council Estate. You're sort of meant to be disgusted by the fairy had. I was a bit more worried by his fact his fiance was 16, I have to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, well, you can imagine him. He's got a moustache, doesn't he? 
Yeah, oh, he's top two, two buttons are sort of undone. No, no, he's he, not now, mate. Now he's got what, one side of his head shaved and tattoos oh. all up his neck. Oh. That's what they do, these these young folks. And the tattoos are always in Sanskrit. Mm. Oh, so, my beard, by the way. Yeah. C- could, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I know. I noticed, I saw you the weekend and it was it was gone. Mm. But it was... See, David and I were talking about this, folks, right? See, when you're blessed as we are with lovely Titian locks, aren't we? Mm. Basically, strawberry blonde, I would say. Yeah. Um, the only trouble with that is beards, they don't come quickly. Uh, it comes, I get hairy very quickly, but then it started to. I just, do you know what it is? Do you know what it is, right? I'm a very clean gentleman, right? You know that, all joking aside, listeners, I take um, what three showers and a bath a day, right? I always have done, I always will do. Uh, because I, I I live in fear of of you know not being clean. It's it's why there was only one club for me in Scotland, for example. There certainly will be no club official sending me a letter telling me I need to be to to smell better. And beards are dirty, and they're for dirty people. And I just I couldn't I couldn't do it. Plus, because I'm such a wank, I'm in one of those shaving clubs, and they send me out a package with all my cool shaving stuff and new blades and everything every so often. And it arrived last week. And if ever there was a sign from God. Or from a shaving company, it mm. was that. So no, that didn't last. I think also the connotations. I mean, the type of people now who have beards. Cunts. It's like I was uh, at a venue, so sort of, a gig at the weekend, and one of the blokes I was talking to was a Geordie, right? Mm. And he's talking about this up and coming area of Newcastle. That's an oxymoron if ever I heard one. Yeah, no, Newcastle is a lovely place, and he was say talking this special area. And I was saying, so, you know, what was the first, uh, you know, how did you know it was, like, finally going to be trendy? And he was laughing, he said, uh, bearded twats every woman. Fair enough. So, it's a sign of gentrification. They used to say that a sign of gentrification was a Starbucks opening. Yeah. But now it's a twat on a unicycle with a beard. Yeah, and no socks. You know you're doomed. Yeah. And we're ending, you know David, today with a lady again, okay? Mm. The brilliantly named, okay? This is fantastic. Susie Cortez, who is Miss Bum Bum 2015. Fantastic. She, she was the pageant winner, and she ruled out sleeping with footballers, saying, they just don't appeal to me. It's that simple. I'm not like that. What about football podcasters? She didn't say. Well, then, thus, that, that, well. Thus leaving the door. Wide open. Wide open. Hopefully, um, hopefully the door will resemble our flaps. I've got a funny feeling, having looked at a few pictures online of Miss Bum Bum, Susie Cortez, that um, indeed, wide open would be a pretty apt description. Uh, hang on, are we being sexist? Sexy. Uh, that, that's okay, because I need what? Because you know me, I'm a new man. You are. Um, Se- sexist and sexy is a fine line. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and sexy, and I, don't worry. And I respect birds. I know several of them. Um, I eat food prepared by one. I There are no bigger supporter of birds than me. And you know, I'd like to just—I'd like to just nail this sexist chestnut to the wall right here and now. It's a true story, folks. See when David and I are out, maybe having a coffee, whatever you want to do. See if the waitress goes by and she's easy in the eye and has done a good job. He'll slap her arse, a cheerful manner, put a crumpled up couple of coins in hand and say, "As for you, love, buy yourself something nice." Yeah, he does because he loves women and he respects I, them. I respect them, and you know, obviously, if a man was there, I would ask permission. And you know, talk to him and say, "This is for her, mate. Tell her to get herself something nice, because you know but you, you hold it you, now. You want to show proper respect." But I just don't want it getting out that I'm in in any way a sexist, because I think that you know we have bizarrely some female listeners 
Um, yeah, I mean, I know, I've never understood why you'd have women listening to a pod about football, but hey, do you know what? That's fair. I wouldn't listen to a pod about knitting or menstruation, but there you go. To be honest, each to their own. It's probably just for the ear candy. That is true, yeah. The, the, the rippling oral thighs. We are. We're great. Easy in the ear. Mm. And then, so basically, she said, they don't appeal to me. I don't like footballs. However, three months ago, Sao Paulo, her team celebrated, it signed Diego Laguno. She tweeted him a nude photo saying, Welcome at Lugano from at Miss Bum Bum 2015. Welcome to Sao Paulo. Man, that's a tweet to wake up to, isn't it? I'd say Diego Lugano had a pretty good day that day. Yeah, I, I think he would do. It's, it's very forward, anyway. It is, but I suppose when you're Miss Bum Bum, you won't be shy. You wouldn't probably be a shy retiring. No, no, undoubtedly. Well, Scott, the winner, um, because yeah. I think, um, like like myself, I think he's a man who just the world the world doesn't understand him yet. Is the first bloke, Patrick Ifanyi Uber. Yeah, congratulations, Doctor Patrick. You're the winner of this week's Sporting Integrity Award. Okay, that's pretty much it from us this week. Um, all that remains to do is to thank our executive producer in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles, to tell you where you can get in touch with us. And where you can get in touch with us is by coming to Facebook and searching for Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, you'll find us there. And you can also follow us on the Twitter. Um, you'll get me at at IbrockRocks, R-O-C-K-S, and you'll get Scott at... Scott Heart Hand. All one word. Do you know what she probably do? She probably go on Instagram as well, or other things that are. Did you? I was there in the day. Well, I suppose you already. Yeah, you do social media a lot, don't you? Yeah, that's, that's a, like, stick to what we're good at, or in this case, what we're already on. Um, that's pretty much it then from us. Um, all I can do is thank you very much for listening and to say thank you to my guest, Mr. Scott Vandenacker. Oh, it's it's great to be back. Yes, my even, name though, even though it wasn't missed at all. Not in the slightest, mate. My name's David Edgar, I'm your host, and I'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers, bye. Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.